Just as a reminder, you can visit us at rss.com slash podcast slash thepandapod. That's rss.com slash podcast slash thepandapod to grab our RSS feed, listen directly, and share Pandapod with your family and friends. You can also reach us directly via email through pandapod.podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Hey everybody, welcome to the Panda Pod. Today we've got Jeff and Rab with us. Say hi guys. Hello. Hey there. And we are talking about psychedelics and what they may or may not mean to us. <laughs> uh, so, so we're going to go ahead and, and get started by um, talking about what we think may be the biggest uh, benefits and or any concerns that we have regarding psychedelics. So let's, I'm going to kick it over to Jeff. So Jeff. Yes. What are the widespread, most believed uh, benefits surrounding psychedelics in general? I mean, there's the like therapeutic benefits of them. The whole you know, when used in a good, you know, in a set, in a setting with, you know, a trained therapist, you know, it, you can more safely and more easily tap into like repressed memories and, you know, your, your just feelings in general. Yeah. That's like the medically accepted yeah. uh, best use of it. Right. Like the most, probably the most widely accepted by the general populace is that it's used for therapeutic reasons. Correct. Yeah. Now, for me personally, I I would agree with that. You know, like the therapeutic, you know, portion of it's great. Um, I think the the biggest benefit of it, for me personally and spiritually, is that like they allow this like glimpse into a. I'm trying to think how to say what I'm trying to say. They are difficult to describe. Yeah, they're ineffable. You know, what you experience is... You can't put it into words because there's really no way to describe it. Well, yeah, but I I do think they give you some kind of uh, feeling that there is, like, a purpose to the universe in a way, you know? Right, yeah. That's, like, during the time that you're on them. And then I think think that has lasting effects as well. Yeah, you know, it, it makes you feel like you have a purpose in the universe... It makes it feel like you're a part of the universe, like a not necessarily like an intricate part of it, but a just as important part of it as anything else kind of right. part of it. And yeah, just kind of a, a oneness, especially with other people for me. You know, it, it really like for a long time, I had kind of shut myself off from other people. And the big thing for me when I started, you know, experimenting with psychedelics and other plant medicines was... I, I felt a sudden desire to be connected with others and to socialize and and all that. So that that was definitely a big benefit for me. Yeah, there's there's a lot of medical experimentation going on right now, and there's specific states um, that have 
more or less opened it up just because they want to take a look at the medical benefits. And one of the big ones that they're finding right now is with soldiers that have PTSD. Um, so soldiers are coming back with, with, you know, really bad PTSD and they're using therapists and psychedelics to, um, be able to find a way to calm down those, um, that experience. Um, specifically, um, I know that Texas, um, is working, they have a group to study medicinal uses, um, Hawaii, as well as Maryland and Connecticut. And then there's specific cities throughout, throughout the United States that are also studying. So, um, in Santa Cruz, California, um, and let's take a look here, uh, Seattle, Washington, uh, obviously Denver and Colorado. Um, they have everything completely legalized and, um, regulated. Right. Right. Um, but also just outside of Chicago, as well as, um, I believe it's Ann Arbor, Michigan. So there's there's a lot of places right now that where they're studying the effects of the medicinal uses. And, and I think it's great based on what I've been hearing back. Like, we just, just trying to keep it, keeping a pulse, right? And you hear a lot of good things coming from those. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and there's also some states that have just straight up legalized it, right? Like Oregon? Uh, yeah, Oregon and Colorado um, have them both legalized and, and have our regulation statute. And that's what, uh, mushrooms and DMT in both cases, or what? I believe so, in both cases. Um, there are a couple um, that have, so, like, reduced penalties. Sure. Yeah. Decriminalization. Um, DC yes, has mushrooms yeah. to criminalize. Yeah. So, so DC, New Jersey, Washington, and Washington State um, all have reduced penalties. Um, New Mexico has what's called a limited judicial exception. So, if the judge doesn't want to, doesn't want to go along with it, they don't have to. Um, <laughs> That's a funny way to pass a law. <laughs> yeah and then there's a number of states that have active legislation going on right now within their state congresses there's actually about uh, i think it's close to 16 maybe maybe 20 um different states that have active legislation going on right now that so, makes state congresses sound a lot more important than they are <laughs> right or a lot more busy at least yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, we only hear about the big things that they talk about, right? But that's a big one. And then you guys talked about the spiritual side of it, right? There's you have you take something and then you have an effect that either kind of connects you to, makes you feel connected to the earth, or makes you feel connected to other people. Um, maybe reduces anxiety, that kind of thing, and and kind of gives you this sense of your place in the world. Um, as it's been explained to me. <laughs> right. Um, and and I think that's really important, too. If it has medicinal uses, but also has a use in society, um, that's that kind of sounds like a win for me, if it makes everybody kinder. 
Sure. I, I would think that in maybe like a a perfectly worked out society it would be a sort of uh optional but strongly encouraged rite of passage. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think I was listening to a talk from Alan Watts last week or the week before um, on like the psychedelic experience and it's like its place in society. Yeah. Cause like historically it has like, you know, for, for tribes and, and different, you know, cultures, it has been a rite of passage. And, you know, I think I'm pretty sure it was Alan Watts, but he said something along the lines of, you know, it, we should have, you know, facilities in each city where people who want to have these experiences, who want to explore these different consciousness or states of consciousness, um, can go and be supported and be walked through it. And, and then more importantly, be, you know, talked to and studied and figure out, you know, how we can really utilize this to, to better society. Yeah, that makes sense, and I feel like it's a. I mean, I don't know how how controversial an opinion do you feel like that is? I don't feel like it's that controversial, really, especially today. Right. Uh, I I think like in the like the eighties and nineties, you know, and obviously in like the you know late sixties and seventies, it was you know a hot topic. But I think today it's becoming a really like socially accepted practice to you know every now and then lose your mind you know do you think that that's partially because of the medical research that's made that change in perception or well i mean i I don't know i think it's just a resurgence of old information you know i mean we had a lot of this data in the 50s and 60s you know as it was being you know heavily researched in the psychiatric community you know as well as the military and you know whoever else really they they would send out vials of acid to, to really anyone who said they would send back you know whatever data they collected based on it so right um and then you know all of that was shut down and you know villainized you know for whatever reasons um and so you know, without, it, I mean that that process of villainization was done fairly successfully, and yeah, that, yeah, but not completely. So people still kept the torch alive, and um, and now we're in a, a place where it seems like maybe the government doesn't care as much, or they just don't have the resources to actually shut down discussion and research and conversations. It's going to come to a head that it hasn't come to yet. Right now, they're researching what the medicinal effects are. And one thing that I think we can all agree to for sure is that the drug companies will not like that. Um, If there's something, especially something like psilocybin, that you can just grow on your own and treat all of your depression and anxiety and um, PTSD and all of those things that they put you on antidepressants and anxiety medications for, that's a lot of money that they're going to lose. Sure. Um, especially since I, the, I think the last statistic I heard was something like 60% of America's on, on antidepressants. So you can imagine the amount of money that they have invested and they're really powerful. Um, so I think, I think we will have, a fight but like 
Jeff was saying, I think current day, I mean, we're, we're turning over a guard in the government. It's slowly starting to happen where the generations that were privy, that were susceptible to the um, anti-psychedelic movement push from the government are starting to not be in government anymore, especially more locally. Um, right. We're seeing... So the lead poisoning is clearing itself out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe that's sure. maybe that's why uh, they're so against psychedelics is they're just gone off that lead. That good stuff. Yeah, they had the they had the good stuff. And then, you know, they used to huff turpentine. I think that yeah, there's a thing. They're still sitting on a horde of quaaludes in DC and uh, once right. those run out they'll legalize everything. <laughs> those quaaludes are sitting in a lead painted room just <laughs> in a lead box. Yeah. yeah, it's like that giant vault of cheese they have like in uh, Missouri or whatever uh, underground. They just have a huge storeroom of quaaludes sitting right under the Capitol. I mean, I, I believe it. <laughs> That's the National <laughs> Treasure movie I want to see. <laughs> <laughs> so we know that and, and we have a feeling that there's a lot of, of positive effects to these. and. I mean, everything from psilocybin mushrooms to LSD to DMT. Um, go ahead and list off a couple others for me. Well, um, MDMA, for sure. That I think MDMA will be legalized federally before everything else is. Yeah, and I think MDMA, that'll happen very soon. I think probably in the next year or two we'll see it rescheduled. Yeah. So there's there's lots of benefits that they're experimenting with that have really good have really good results so far and to the casual user there seem to be a lot of benefits and a value of an experience as well however we do know that there are some drawbacks um or some concerns that people sure. may have if it was to be completely legalized and anybody was able to to use a word do them not that they're not now sure but um legally i should say um i know that and one of those is if you are susceptible to say schizophrenia <laughs> and you use a lot you have a chance of having a psychotic break sure yeah right so so how do you compensate for that what's what's what are thoughts on how to to safely be able to give general availability without having to worry about a percentage of the population having a psychotic break i'd be interested to know what the research is on that i mean i know that it's true um, but I also don't know what qualifies as a psychotic break and whether or not that's repeated use or, um, you know, a one-time thing. Um, and also, like, whether or not there could be a way to prevent that with, you know, just using a more controlled dose, right, in a facility. Right. I think that's the real key right there is, you know, like I said earlier, this should be, you know, federally funded um you know 
institutions in every city where if you want to, you know, try these substances, you can go sit down with a therapist, do it in a controlled, good set and setting, and you know, make sure that you're ready to to have this experience on your own if you want to. You know, I, I think maybe you should be like required to. I don't know. I hate to throw out the idea of a, a license to go on a psychedelic trip but you know something along those lines like i am certified trip sitter or something like that actually that'd be pretty dope <laughs> that'd be a great job i want to yeah. be a certified trip sitter yeah i mean i thought about it i mean you could do it the other way too where you have to have an evaluation done to mitigate the percentage chance of whether or not you would have a break based on your level of depression anxiety or or um likelihood to have schizophrenia or some other debilitating medical issue and then have a citizen's license right um much like how you would do um license in California when it was just medical when it's just medical right you like have, like, marijuana have a card right yeah. with marijuana however it would be slightly different because it wouldn't be something you you would have to I mean yeah I guess you would you'd have to see somebody for it before you could right well it. I mean I I think that maybe it would be best if it wasn't uh you know the same as a marijuana dispensary sure Sure. Like I, I like the ideas of having a place to go with a professional. Yeah, is... like a shamanic center of some kind, where there's you know, you know, people who are like spiritually inclined that you can sit and talk to while you're doing these things, or therapists you can sit and talk to, or even just like a safe, comfy place for you and your friends to gather and do this without having to worry about you know negative outside influences bothering you sure and and they could even have one trip sitter on staff for like 30 people in theory sure. i mean yeah. it does, it's not like there's that many problems that frequently right especially if it was a controlled dose i mean and, and if you're getting off the street you don't know exactly what the dose is going to be right and you don't always know what you're taking either i mean with like True. mushrooms you got a pretty good idea of what you're taking because it's a mushroom but like any blotter or pill that you take, you can't know 100% unless you've done some real extensive testing. Right. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's the same problem that that we have with every other drug at the moment, right? Um, I mean, when you get it off the street, it's some of it's cut with fentanyl, right? And you don't right. know what what you're getting, and it's dangerous. And But that's what the, the proponents of legalization are are using as a talking point um because if it's legal then it's it's what's the word i'm looking for not like restricted but regulated what uh regulated is what jeff said i think that's that's probably the word you're looking for yeah right yeah regulated for sure so it's been regulated um you 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 know what dose you're getting um and that that just seems a better all around thing to me. Um, so that being said, um, there. So from what I hear, there's there's just 
there's a lot of different psychedelics, but some have some are more docile than others. True. Um, so I think the what I've heard is the most docile is psilocybin, which is mushrooms. Well, I would argue that the most docile is just marijuana. <laughs> you know. Yeah, that is technically a psychedelic. It is a psychedelic. Sure. Substance. Yeah. Sure. Um. Not not saying marijuana. Okay. Right. Um. Definitely harder things than marijuana. Um. But they also give different experiences, right? Absolutely. What are what are some of the differences between them? Well, I've got a theory that I came up with a while ago, and that and it's really like based off my understanding of like my upbringing, my Christian upbringing. <clears throat> and that's like the the body, heart, and mind kind of idea, which is like mushrooms, in my opinion and my experience, are are very much body highs and very like ego driven highs and like um less cerebral, more physical in my experience. Whereas you know, LSD is, in my opinion, like a very mind-centric, very, you know, thought-heavy kind of experience. Um, and, you know, MDMA would be more of like a, a spirit, a communal, in my opinion, uh, experience where you, you want to like commune with the spirit and the spirit being like other people or music or whatever it is you're around. Yeah, I would say that's true in my experience as well. Um, I don't have a whole lot of interesting things to add on top of that. Yeah, it's it's interesting to me that that they do have slight slight differences in in their effects. Um, some being, I mean, they're they're all essentially natural, right? But some of them have been synthesized. Um, so they're pure. Sure, like LSD is is just ergot from from wheat, I believe. Is it though? I thought that ergot made like LSC or some other chemical, and then they discovered LSD after that. No, I think it is a derivative of ergot. Like I think it is synthesized from ergot. Oh, okay, cool. Still, I'm, I'm pretty sure. So, <clears throat> so. If crazy things about ergot um just some some definitely some conspiracy theories here um so ergot was the thing that was really around pre uh definitely pre america but um through kind of throughout history um as the the kind of drug of choice. Well, wait a minute. Um, drug of choice. I thought it was like a fungus that people would accidentally get infected with sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Definitely that as well. Um, however, um, they have found ergot in a lot of um, wine jars mm -hmm. that were that were saved um, from ancient Rome um that had ergot in it <laughs> so i wonder if that was an accident 
it seems like it could have been they they could have messed up the wine a little bit got or gotten there and be like oh wait a minute just take a little bit we'll, we'll hold on to that from what little bit of research i've done on this i i believe it was not uncommon for like wine back then to contain psychedelic um uh like ingredients like that was just part of the wine experience ah like, so maybe that's why especially all the in, like, jesus's like... time like I, i've heard that 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 more than likely the wine that he produced from turning water into wine was like pretty psychedelic. Hmm. Yeah, I wonder if that's why all the Roman emperors they thought they were gods. They just had uh, access to so much wine. <laughs> it's possible, and it's also possible, like 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 I said, conspiracy theory time. It's also possible that democracy came around because all the senators were drinking ergot wine. Um. And they're like, we should all have. A say, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know that that's definitely a possibility. Um, that's how they came up with democracy, and then capitalism was like just a bunch of people sitting around drinking IPAs, <laughs> <laughs> right? Or they were they were the ones supplying the the wine, right? And they're just like, oh yes, let's keep it going, boys. We're making. We're making money hand over fist here. Um, I feel like capitalism is definitely cocaine, though. Ah, fair. Yeah, yeah, fair, fair. Um, another interesting one is the Salem witch trials. Right. So, so I, I'm not exactly sure about um, a lot of the specifics. However, um. There was a point in time where most of Salem got um, they had they had ergot in their wheat, right? And they imbibed it, and then they thought women were witches. Um, I'm not exactly sure on the truthiness of it. Sure. However, you can imagine a bunch of villagers on this ergot bread and the next thing you know you know you've got a, a woman who does something that's just slightly different from the normal and they're like witch witch right so then it's that that scene in monty python of the holy grail i'm not a witch i'm not a witch <laughs> <laughs> right and and so so i also think about that one and how interesting that is that they may have destroyed the lives of so many people just because they accidentally got oh they absolutely did destroy the life of lots of people <laughs> well sure but because of the the psychedelic right, right. Yeah, like, especially if you don't have another explanation of where that's coming from because they probably didn't drink or not a lot you know and they definitely didn't have wine yeah and and they're not used to it it's not something that they knew that was happening to them right and it wasn't something that they were used to to doing on purpose so just kind of all of a sudden you've got she's a witch have you are you guys aware of the dancing plague no what is it what is it yeah it's like where those people would like they don't know why but they just started dancing like some dance until they died right yeah i mean i'm not exactly sure um if it, how true it is that people danced until they died it's very possible but 
there uh there's been multiple recorded incidents of this in medieval times where just entire villages started dancing like crazy and you know um supposedly danced until they some people danced until they died and um there's not really an explanation for it so i would imagine uh that uh ergot or some other substance could explain that was that the origin story of footloose <laughs> That's why they banned dancing. <laughs> right. Yeah, they so, don't people, they, dancing dancing catches on, so you gotta gotta nip it in the bud. Well you can't have your populace too happy. Right. Um and and that's one of the other things that I think is a uh I mean, it's definitely a conspiracy theory. However, I also feel like it's a hundred percent fact that we're going to have to see how the government pushes back against it. Um, not just from the financial side, but from the controlling the populist side. Because ever since 9-11, the American government's been pushing for more and more and more and more control over its citizens. Sure. Um, referenced by COVID. Um, and so... I'm I'm really I mean I'm interested to see how they respond to it. Um we know how they've responded to it in the past, but we also know that a lot of the information that they gave in their in their anti psychedelic pitches is just incorrect. Um so I'm I'm wondering how they're going to try to to get this done in a way that doesn't take away their their ability to control. I'd be interested to see what the research is on um the uh like how many people were actually how widespread was it before it was shut down the first time compared to how widespread it is now. Um and you especially psychedelic use use and I guess general knowledge and maybe like an opinion poll that would be interesting to see. Um, because, you know, I mean, if it worked once, it's possible it could work again. I mean, shutting it down, that is. I don't know. I don't think you can do a war on drugs successfully in the age of the Internet. Like, when everybody's in constant communication and everybody can share their experiences, like, pretty freely, really. Like, I know right. the Internet's not free, but it's free enough that if we want to have a conversation about it, I mean, we're doing it right now. Very you know? true. And I, I just don't – I think that has been the downfall of the, the war on drugs really is just everybody has access to all the information. Anybody can go to Irwid and read, you know, trip stories, you know. Like it, it's just out there. Yeah, not right. to mention that from the, the social aspect too. Like we know that there's a prison industrial complex and we know that, you know, minorities are – are targeted for incarceration more often. And we're more aware of these types of things that it makes it, it from this side, it also makes it even more difficult for them to have a war on drugs. Because if you start locking people up for doing something that's not harming anybody, people have a real problem with that. And especially if they began to target specific groups of people, which is generally what they do is they single out a single group of people and then go after them. So 
and and one of the the big reasons that they were afraid of it the last go around is because the vietnam war was going on and people did not want to join the military people are like why are we at war why are we doing all this stuff and they did not like that um so so it caused it caused some big problems but like jeff was saying i don't think they could be really successful in shutting it down but i'm interested to see what they do to curb it right well i mean it, it is a fact that a uh, former Nixon aide has come out and said that that the war on drugs was orchestrated to, to criminalize being black and being a hippie. Um, those two things can obviously not be directly criminalized, but um, they can lock people up for drug use, especially leaders in in those communities, right? Yeah. Um, and that's that was that's that's something that's explicitly said on record. Um, so it's not uh, you know that's not a conspiracy. I mean, I guess it, you could you, somebody could claim that that person is lying, but um, they 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 were the ones who executed it. Yeah, it's 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 pretty crazy how the government tries to interject itself with the psychedelics in particular, and and this can kind of lead us down another road since we're talking about psychedelics and the government. Which was during the same period of time when they had MK Ultra, um, which is a fact that they had the MK Ultra project. Um, that's not that is not a conspiracy theory. That has been admitted by uh, the people who are in charge of it in Congress um, yeah, and the in the Senate. Documents are out there. Yeah. The documents are out there. This did happen. They did experiment on people with LSD. Um, and MDMA, I believe. Um, and so what they can't ban, they attempt to control um, and use for their own purposes, right? So let's take another example of how they do this today, right? So the Twitter files. Um, so the government gets in league with social media companies in order to prevent prevent or um, either to prevent a narrative from being established or to create a narrative um, that needs to be be established. Um, and so they did the same thing with psychedelics. In what way? Um, so they did a lot of things with MK Ultra. Sure. Um, the first one of the I'll, I'll give you the fun ones. Okay. Um, so the most fun one was that they would would hire uh, prostitutes um, to get Johns to go back to a room with them. They would spike the drinks of the Johns with LSD. Or and... release aerosol in the air, <laughs> right? It's yeah, hilarious. Or, or release aerosol, <laughs> and then and then a doctor would sit behind a two-way mirror and watch them. Um, the Johns were unbeknown to them taking LSD, <laughs> and they just wanted to know what would happen because they didn't have any way to that they, they had limited ways to study it um to study the effects so that's a fun one 
I have to say, aerosolized LSD sounds like um, something that Adam West Batman would have. Yes, it sounds like <laughs> something I want. <laughs> like, just imagine like hotboxing a tent with aerosol LSD. Hell yeah! <laughs> Although this is this is a good time, just in reference to that MK Ultra thing you just talked about, how they were dosing people. This, I feel like it's important. I gotta get this out there. People do not dose your friends. <laughs> like, don't don't give your friends a dose of any psychedelic substance without their knowledge. Like, it's an experience that you don't want forced on you, and it's something you need to go into understanding what's going to happen. That'll be the only PSA in all this I probably give, but don't dose your friends. I'll give one to you. The Panapod does not endorse doing anything illegal. So, <laughs> do not, so do not do anything illegal based on anything you hear in this right, podcast. This, is, this whole conversation is theoretical. Yeah. Yes. I, I'll, I'll go out on record saying I endorse doing illegal things. But yeah, yeah. Same, no, actually. It's definitely not the, it's not the views <laughs> of the Pandapod. Yeah, it's not the views of, of, of the, the Pandapod in, in general. Um, so... Um, some some other funny ones um so not only did they do that um but they also did this to co- uh pe- college students um there were students in college um who were coerced into um taking large amounts of LSD and one of them just happened to be the Unabomber. Right. Um, so the government, as far as I'm concerned, is responsible for that one. Um, well, especially the CIA, I'll say. Not not necessarily the government as a whole, but, but definitely the CIA. Wasn't Charles Manson a Manchurian candidate as well? Like yes. an MKUltra? <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so there was a um a journalist um from Rolling Stone, uh Tom O'Neill. Right. Um and he was he was a very big Rolling Stones um journalist at the time. He was told to give a fluff piece about um on like the tenth anniversary or whatever it was at the sure. time of the the killings and all that. And he wasn't really satisfied. Like the more he looked into it, the more there were lots of holes. Right. And so, and so one of the things that he found that's directly to this statement is so Manson would get arrested fairly often. Um, and every time he got arrested, they would let him out. Um, he was on parole. Like he got arrested and tried the first time. He was caught um, doing I don't know what it what that exact charge was, but he got put on parole and then discharged um, and he remained on parole for years. Um, and any time that he would they would bring they would drag him in or he would accidentally get arrested, they would let him go and they would say that somebody up. Like th- whoever arrested him, the detective would be like, "I caught the guy," and then a phone call would come down from the government saying that this is over your head. You need to let him go. Right. Um, and they suspect that the CIA 
essentially taught Manson how to do the first part of the two part. Um, uh, there was two parts of the research that the government was trying to do. The first one was to eliminate memories and replace memories using psychedelics. And then the second part of it was to essentially, um, after you would erase, you would erase somebody's personality and then give them a new personality with instructions of, to do something. And then they would forget about it after they did it. And that's right. what they were trying to use the psychedelics for. And they, uh, Tim goes on to say in his book that he believes that the government taught Manson how to use specific um, techniques with the people that were around him to get them to do things like go kill people and things like that without them being aware that he was telling them to do those things. Right. Um, oh, it seems plausible. Um, and I mean, uh, he was also like sort of a cult leader too, right? Um, and I feel like it's possible that some of the cult behavior in California in general had to do with uh, other such cases that just haven't been uncovered. I mean, there's a lot of, there's definitely a lot of cults in California, um, that are really strange. Um. I was listening to an episode of um, Rogan that just came out a couple weeks ago, um, and they were talking about that that very thing. Um, I can't remember who the guest was off the top of my head, but um, they were saying the exact same thing, that most of the cults started in California, and then they kind of moved. Um, they would get people who start getting wise to what they were doing, and then the leader would move to a different place. Right. Um one of those um, is this. There was this guy who um, was leading a cult, and he flew to uh, he fled California and went to Hawaii with his cult. Um, there's another one that started in California and wound up in um, in Texas, um, in Austin. Um, Rogan when he famously talks about the new comedy club that he opened up, um, the originally original building that he bought for the comedy club was actually built by a cult. Um, <laughs> really? And he was, and he was unaware of this until after he had bought the building. Um, so then yeah. they had to do whatever they had to do to, he had to do whatever he had to do to not have to buy the building. Um, uh, well, why? Why then, wouldn't you want one that was run but made by a cult? It's got too many secret I, I think it was. I think. Well, I think that specific cult was a little too creepy for him. Uh, um, I see. But but he did find a different place, and that club is up now. But um, to your point, like yes, a lot of cults start in California. Um, for what what reason I don't know. Uh, I don't know if that's connected to MK Ultra or not. But well, I mean, there's also Scientology. L. Ron Hubbard that was around the same time as early MK Ultra days. Yep, yep, those were around the same time, and that's definitely in California. <laughs> um, I mean, that's that's Hollywood, right? So... I mean, I feel like there's some kind of connection, though. I think there's there's more to the Manson story than even Tom O'Neill revealed, probably. Especially if you look at copycats and other, uh, you know, people people doing that, that they just like rhyme with that. And and there's a lot of other other things um, 
related to MK Ultra. Um, I mean, and what's so weird about it is a lot of their records were purposefully destroyed um, in a purge in 1973. <laughs> um, Seems legit. The only the only thing that wasn't destroyed was the financials because Congress was funding the financials. You got, yeah, you got to so. hang on to that. Yeah, so you've got to hang on to that. But they had well over 80 different programs um, that they were running during the time. Um, speaking of Manson, there was also a um, clinic. Um, I don't remember what it's called, but there was a clinic um, around where where they were. And um, that clinic was supposedly an outpost for the CIA. Um where they were also doing experience or experiments with LSD. So like a public clinic. Right. Um, they were just dosing whoever. Sure. Um, yeah. I mean, when, like when you're doing that's, and involved. that's another, it's almost in the same vein as like making it legal or, or, you know, legal so it could be regulated. Right. I mean, when something is so clandestine like that or clandestine like that, right. Um, you know, they're not there. They can do whatever they want and get away with it because there's not they're not uh, accountable to anybody for it. Yeah. I mean, the, the CIA and the FBI aren't really accountable to anybody. And I mean, and that's a that's definitely a problem. Um, but there's also the argument that we need them even if they're terrible. Um so, so pick your pick your poison. Yeah, where else of. am I gonna get my LSD? Yeah, where, where else are we gonna get our LSD? Um, you know, I mean, they they were giving it to uh, GIs well before, um, you know, the more current medical treatments that they've been experimenting with. And by um, GIs, you mean giant insects, right? Yeah, giant insects. Um, <laughs> The giant insects that definitely came from space. We've that's our LSD is our biggest export into outer space <laughs> by far. Yeah, that's the only thing that Earth's good for. It's the only place that ergot grows. Yeah, yeah, yeah can't yeah. get anywhere else. Can't make them like yeah. Earth does. Yeah, I mean our climate's just so special. Um, it's like our version of spice. The government. Well, I keep saying the government, but what I mean by the government is the CIA. Um, to do this on the public without the public's knowledge is really scary. Um, and especially frustrating. Um, because before this point and, and during this time is the same time when they were vilifying the public for using it themselves, but at the same time using it on unwitting people as test subjects. Now, what years is MKUltra actually confirmed to have happened? Um, MKUltra began on April 13th, 1953. Officially. Officially. Um, that's when the CIA um, officially approved the project. Okay. Um, there were, I, I'm not an, I'm not an, any kind of expert about it, but I know that there were two pro two different programs before MK Ultra that did very similar things. Sure. 
Um, so it was a, kind of like a continuation of those other programs. Um, okay, and and when did it officially end? Um, I believe somewhere around 1977. Okay. So, I mean, that would be, yeah, there's definitely some overlap with war on drugs type behavior as well. Yeah, two two lawsuits related to the program um, reached the Supreme Court in, in the 80s. Okay. Um, but and and both were about uh, the protection of the government over citizens' rights. Um, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, just imagine you you go to a coffee shop and you don't know that there's a CIA agent working in the local Starbucks and that lattes. I don't think I have to imagine that. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure that's just real. Yeah. It's it's pretty pretty scary, but I think the one of the key takeaways is just like everything else, you have good actors and bad actors. And it's not necessarily the tool that is good and bad as much as the person using the tool. Um, which is why going back to the beginning, I think it's, it's so important to have a safe space with a properly trained expert to look over you. Um, right. You know, and if you can't find a properly trained expert, at least have an experienced friend with you. Don't do it alone. <laughs> yes, good point. Find a trip sitter. Find somebody who is willing to just sit with you for 12 hours and watch TV and talk to you and hydrate you because you're going to need to drink some water. All right. Once again, nothing said here is an official endorsement by the Panda Pod. Of course not. Um, <laughs> I mean, this sure. is, I mean, Jeff did start a statement with, if you're going to. Yeah, if you're going to do something that we don't recommend you to do, <laughs> there's definitely a better way to do something. Um, right. For sure. Yeah, and for the record, I do endorse doing things illegal, but nothing specific. You know, there's no actionable uh, statement here. It's 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 just illegal things in general. Right. Be gay, do crimes. Right. I'm into that. Yeah. <laughs> why, why that statement? Oh, it's just, that's a... Is it an internet meme? Yeah, it's just a... Okay. Yeah. Just one that I'm not privy to. That happens a lot. So I don't I don't browse the pages of Reddit. It's like a catchphrase, anymore. I'd say, more than an yeah, internet meme. It's yeah, a like catchphrase. A yeah. So that so it's a tattoo potentially. Yeah, sure. Oh sure, I've seen tattoos of it. Yeah. I wonder how oh, many okay. Chinese characters it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you think you're getting, but you <laughs> You get something completely different. Yeah. Like, no, get that on purpose and go to China and just like. Yeah, you, you think you're getting you be gay, do crimes, but it just says gay criminal. <laughs> <laughs> or be straight, follow the law. They just give you the opposite. <laughs> oh man. Well, um, other other NK Ultra programs that uh, that I'm particularly interested in, it, the 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 dolphin study was connected to it, right? Yeah, oh my gosh, the dolphin study! I'd completely forgotten about. Yeah, that. I I had actually listened to something about that this morning, and I had no idea. 
So, Rab, take it off. Explain the, the dolphins to everybody. Well, the way I understand it, there is a program that was being paid to research LSD and whether or not it could potentially be used. Well, I guess kind of what its effects were on dolphins. Specifically, they I think they were trying to make them be able to communicate in human language or as close as human language as they could. Um, so in order to do that, they had a woman, they basically flooded the house almost and had the dolphin... I mean, it was a specially built house for, to handle this, um, but like the bottom floor of the house was completely water, so the dolphin could swim around in the house. And they had a woman living with the dolphin, and she was like its interpreter and handler and stuff. And she's she's the person who came out and talked about it, I believe. Have I said anything wrong so far? No, that all sounds accurate. Yeah, and I, so that's that's a part that I didn't know about. I heard something a little slightly different, but maybe you're getting into that. So Yeah, I mean, the, the kicker of the story is that um, it, whenever the dolphin would get, like, upset and not want to do its training, she would jerk it off. So that's that's the reason that this is, like, a, a humorous anecdote. <laughs> well, what I heard this morning, and, I mean, and this is just, who knows what you hear on the internet, right? Like, right. But what I heard was that they were using LSD to attempt to train dolphins um to essentially assassinate people oh yeah using, that's for sure using yeah. using using what was essentially canned air with a needle in it um okay. that would shoot the needle out of the canned air at people um underwater essentially oh i to, see yeah so that that's what i heard that they were <laughs> making dolphin snipers well, considering um, it's MK Ultra, I wouldn't be surprised if that's what they were secretly actually trying to do. I'm pretty sure somewhere in Europe there's a beluga whale that like interacts with people on a regular basis on some yes. coast that had escaped like a Russian yep. equivalent yeah, so, of this. Yeah, right. so the story the story with that is there was a whale that was part of um, the KGB's spy network um, that they were using these dolphins for that and or beluga whales, I'm sorry. And the whale got lost essentially and found its way um, um, close to Norway. Yeah. And and so it, it wound up getting stuck and they wound up saving it, but they found essentially Russian technology on it. Um, hmm. Like, I'm not sure. I don't quite remember whether or not it was like a camera or if it was just a tracking device or whatever it was. Right. But they essentially found Russian <laughs> Russian technology. It had a call on that said, if found, return to Vladimir Putin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, t it, what, as far as technology is concerned, like just the general technology, I mean, we tag animals all the time. So it's oh, not sure. like crazy for there to be. Uh, a tag on something but yeah i mean i would uh, now i really want to see dolphin james bond <laughs> right and just yes. just in a in a skin tight dolphin friendly tuxedo right just you know it's got an omega watch on and like that that does some special kind of tracking or radar um and he's got a a, a strap a gun strapped to him that just blows air with needles on it <laughs> go go gadget porpoise right license to krill <laughs> <License to> <laughs> 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 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, so fun question. If there's an animal that you would make a spy, what would you pick? Bat. Ooh. Why bat? I mean, I feel like they're they're pretty stealthy. They go at night, um, and uh, they. I mean, I feel like there's bats in almost every part of the world, right? So, so you could, if if you could generically, if you're just choosing like a a, a general category of animal, right? Um, bats are everywhere, so you could you could pretty easily, I feel like, use them to to do espionage. I think I'd choose a flying squirrel. Oh yeah, you know, and then like train it to be a ninja, give it like little little flying squirrel ninja stars. Oh, that'd be sick. Yeah, dude. Yeah, so so before I say mine, I do want to say that they did have another program in MK Ultra, um, where they were essentially uh, attempting to make spies out of cats. Right. Um. So so, be careful on where you pick up your wild kittens, ladies and gentlemen, because <laughs> <laughs> some be of the government spies. Some of them bitches are narcs. All right, just be <laughs> yeah. careful. Yeah, but you gotta My watch cat out. gave me LSD. What do I do? <laughs> and and you know, I think they they chose cats um, because they knew that it was only a matter of time until Napster was released, um, and they were really worried about copyrights. Wait, what? Yeah, that's my conspiracy that they were using cats on purpose. Um, for households to catch people using Napster. Oh, uh, I wasn't sure where you were going with that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Makes they sense. were really worried about copyright infringement. Um, and people and people making copies of VHS of movies on VHS. Um, Operation Copycat. <laughs> yeah, Operation oh, Copycat. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Um, I, if I had to pick one. I'm not quite sure. Um, maybe I would pick. I don't know. Maybe I'll go with bat too, because the more I think about it, it I mean, you're talking spy, right? So a spy's got to be able to do a number of things. Um, and we definitely get pandemics from bats. Um, not saying the most recent one was that way or not, but um, we've definitely had a lot of a lot of bat viruses jump. So why wouldn't you inject your your bats with viruses when you send them over to spy? Yeah, they're already uh, trained in some, biological warfare. Yeah, do some nice. real damage. You know, <laughs> that makes sense to me. They have built-in radar too. Yeah, built-in radar, just like dolphins. We're getting, we're getting, we're coming across a pattern here of, of sonar equipped animals being spies. Bats are just the dolphins of the sky. Facts. What, what's the dolphins of land? What, what land creature Is has? It humans, I guess. <laughs> it's just us. I guess I'd train a human to be a spy. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Good point. I mean, would it, would it be a, a dog? Maybe because of the the smell and the hearing. I think dogs are too dumb. Yeah, dolphins are pretty smart. 
They're I mean, smart. I'm not. I'm not, bats aren't all that intelligent either, but they're also tiny. I mean, dogs are smarter than cats, and they definitely tried it with cats. Are they? I don't know. The dogs are smarter than cats. I they think actually they're more of a are. Different kind of intelligence. No, they actually are. They've they've done studies now uh, where they've ranked they've ranked the creatures by by general intelligence, um, and they they I I do have gripes with it. However, I don't think it's completely accurate because they have dolphins listed a little lower than I think they should be. Um, I th- I think they they should probably be. Above, if not under, chimpanzees. Um, hmm. Yeah, and and they're they're not. Um, IQ tests are racist against dolphins, famously. Yeah, it's a fact. Yeah, for sure. If you, not literally, but in this fictitious world, were to do an experiment with LSD, who? Or what group of people or animals or what have you would you give LSD to? Well, I certainly wouldn't give it to animals because they didn't consent to that. Um, so it would have to be some consenting group of people, right? Or is this a, a totally fictitious question where I have to pretend I'm the CIA? This is Yeah, this is a totally fictitious question where you're pretending that you're the CIA and you have a mandate to see what happens when you give things or people LSD. Maybe uh, the government of the European Union. I think that'd be pretty funny. (laughs) (laughs) Specifically the chamber. Yeah. Like, or, or yeah. And, or maybe, maybe just like the prime ministers and stuff of various EU countries too. I think like that, that would be a good, uh, that feels fairly uh, ethical compared to just giving it to civilians. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What what do you what do you think, Jeff? Uh, I would give it to a large group of Nazarenes, which is a Christian denomination that I grew up in. <laughs> I think it would be really interesting to go to like the National Nazarene Convention, which is, gets together like twenty thousand of these people, and then just dose all of them and see what realizations they come to about life. <laughs> There's so, some angels visiting today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'd see... see. Yeah, that, that'd be really interesting to see what that, that's, that sermon looks like. Go there, go there, dose all those people, and then dress up as God. So I think, I think I'd probably pick the Amish. Oh, man. Just because I want to see what amazing things that they would build. <laughs> just because because they're great builders i want to see yeah. what they create on LSD. i got a 4d cabinet from that uh yeah guy over there <laughs> <laughs> the mc escher barn yeah it, they they create some form of uh technology by mistake that <laughs> they're banned from using it's like ah yeah. we hate this Man, damn it! We created the phone. I guess we'll phone. sell it at the outlet mall down the road. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, they figure out a way to make phones out of wood. <laughs> the, and, and they look like the first cell phones, right? Like there, there's a box, right? Um, they connect straps to it to wear it like a backpack with a crank. 
Yeah, there's a tiny little uh, wood guitar apparatus or something that vibrates inside to make the noise, and then uh, there's there's uh, wooden twigs for the antenna. They have to be a specific type of wood, though. Like they only use good wood. So, I mean, is it like is it like uh, like cherry or a really old oak? Whatever kind of wood they use to make dowsing rods. <laughs> I don't do they use dowsing rods? I don't know. I don't know, know if they're the that, do. I don't think I don't, the do. I don't know if they're that far back. <laughs> <laughs> they're using. Yeah, I don't think that seems like a very Amish thing to do. That's more like uh wide open landscape type uh behavior. With Y shaped twigs. Uh, I mean I mean I mean could you imagine though if they did use dowsing rods? And you know you've got one person driving the buggy, and the person beside them is just just using the dowsing rod, just turning it from side to side, trying to go left, go left. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's like Google Maps for them. <laughs> maybe maybe that's what they make. They make this giant 3D map. It's just another Earth, <laughs> <laughs> except theirs is flat, right? Like they make the flat version. Right, um, right, okay. How do you know we're not living on that? Oh, you know? wh- why? Why would you go there right now? <laughs> <laughs> we're all living on an Amish flat earth that's in some barn. <laughs> that's the new MK Ultra. It's a JK Ultra. <laughs> Jebediah. Uh... Klaus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From the things that we've talked about today, is there anything that you, that either of you want to bring up that we didn't hit a note on? Um, we've talked about quite a bit. I feel like I could talk for literal days about psychedelics, honestly. Like, right. There's so much more. Like I could talk about how I, I personally think that mushrooms are alien not that they're aliens but that they were brought to earth via panspermia and like when we eat them we're like experiencing a a different kind of global consciousness and like i could go on for days about this stuff but obviously we don't have time for all that we're gonna have to revisit psychedelics at some point for sure is that what is that what happened did did uh, uh the amish get a hold of ergot and then they created the mushrooms and that's the kind of psychic telephone that we have to the aliens. Yeah, the Amish yeah. have been around for uh, thousands and thousands of <laughs> <Yeah>. years. <laughs> the ancient Amish civilization. Yeah, the ancient <laughs> Amish civilization. How do you know that they didn't exist before? Um, How yeah, do they you know that the they... Amish didn't exist before Jesus Christ? Before... <laughs> How do you know that? Yeah, they might have been around before the Younger Dryas. They didn't know what they were mad at yet. They knew that in the future one day they were going to be mad at something, but it hadn't been invented yet. Man, we didn't even touch on, like, the stoned ape theory, which I think is... Yeah, that's a very interesting theory. Bring it up! Let's go! Well, I mean, we're we're pushing an hour and ten minutes already. Like, I mean, I think it's worth mentioning. It's basically just that, that, that... people involve involve consciousness by eating mushrooms i mean that's right like, right like that consciousness came from right. mushrooms possibly mm-hmm. yeah so are, are are mushrooms an alien plant 
I, I think so. I, I think that... I don't know that there's anything else on Earth that behaves like mushrooms do. You know? Like, I'm yeah. sure you can trace back the tree of life or whatever and find some spot for it. But, like, I, I think it came from another another planet. And now, well, do, you, do you think that about mushrooms in general or just uh, psilocybin mushrooms? I think mushrooms in general. Okay, yeah, that's an interesting theory. Yeah, and, and one thing to think about with that is they don't use um, osmosis, right? They, they have their underground networks of, what's that stuff called? Um, mycelium. Yeah, mycelium. Um, that creates a connection. And they've recently proven that that essentially the mushrooms can talk to trees. Right. Um, yeah. Which is crazy. Um, so if you have a forest, which is generally where they grow, um, you have, or at least definitely certain types, um, you have an entire forest of trees talking to each other. Um which goes kind of goes to that like Mother Earth ayahuasca type conversation, right? Um, yeah, we we barely talked about ayahuasca or peyote at all. Yeah, yeah we, we didn't did. really touch on DMT we that can, much either. Like, yeah, we can. There's, there's we can just so much those, more to talk about. Yeah. yeah, we can save those for for a follow up episode. Um, right. But specifically, you know, mushrooms and LSD um, as being the as far as I understand it, the most common, commonly used, um, and MDMA, and well. MDMA, um, right. as the most commonly used um, psychedelics. Um, I think we've covered fairly well. I mean, there's there's so much you can talk about with this stuff, like you said. Um, yeah, we'll come back you to can it. Literally, go on forever, but. Um, yeah, so I think that's going to wrap it up for us. So um, once again, thank you everybody for listening to um, us talk about things that we enjoy. And we look forward to um, having you with us again as we pick another topic and have some great conversation. So thank you all very much, and we'll see you later. Bye. Bye.